Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast on this beautiful March afternoon. We're a whole week closer to opening day. And while we record this, if you're listening it after the fact or if you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, the Nationals are in Tampa taking on the Yankees in another spring training game. And Mark Zuckerman's in Tampa covering that game. But the reason I'm here all alone, I get to spread out, which is kind of nice. But the reason I'm all alone is because Bobby Blanco made his way down to West Palm Beach and he joins me via Zoom. Um, Bobby, it's lonely here without you, but how is West Palm for the first time in how many years? Three years. Yeah, I think um, I was here three years ago right before the shutdown. Um, I think I left early because of the shutdown. I might have gotten back and then there's like one more couple of days or a week before baseball and the world shut down back in 2020. But yeah, it's good to be back. The facility is still very nice. There's some slight changes, new pictures hanging in the walls, some obviously new faces and names in the clubhouse. But um, it is nice to be back in, in person, kind of the back to normal, no masks this time. And um, just watching actual baseball things. And, you know, 2020, all the spring training took place at Nets Park. Um, and then 2021, no media was allowed. And then last year with the shutout, there was only like half a spring training. So it's nice to be back to some normalcy after a couple of years of so- not that. Right. So the next week, you'll have to follow along with Bobby Blanco's coverage, both on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco and on MassInSports.com. He's taken over the duties of Mark for the week. Uh, Bobby, what day? How long are you down there? I come back on Wednesday, a week from today. So I got here Monday afternoon. So about 10 days. Yeah, uh, it's a nice long trip. But yeah, Mark and I were overlap. We'll cover the game yesterday. Uh, a 5-3 loss to the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, it was it, it worked out well because the Nats, like you said, are in Tampa. They're playing right now um, against the Yankees. So Mark made that three-and-a-half-hour drive up there, and then he flies home out of Tampa tonight, takes a week off while I stay back here covering the team. And then I drive up similarly to Lakeland next Wednesday when they play the Tigers and then fly out of Orlando that night to come home. And Mark flies back the following morning to take up coverage again. So we've got a nice – uh, schedule the way the schedule worked out, and that's only make two long trips. Remember, they're in West Palm now, so they've got the Astros obviously share the complex with them. They've got the Marlins and Cardinals like 15 minutes up the road, and Port St. Lucie, where the Mets are, is only about 45 minutes up the road. So it's really easy to not travel a lot, but they do have to make these two long trips, so we're able to split it up, which is nice. So we're going to get to some of your observations and things that you've seen in your short time down there already. Um, but I think what we can start with is an injury update, I guess you could say. Um, not necessarily an injury, but something that we we talked about last week in that last week, Sean Doolittle was good to go. He felt completely normal, thought he was going to be ready for opening day, you know, felt like he was in perfect shape. And we found out that now he's kind of having to fall back a little bit. He's not going to throw at all this week. He's focusing on just strengthening exercises. And Bobby, kind of like, what 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 do you make of this? Is this a big deal necessarily for both Sean Doolittle and the Nationals? Or, you know, it kind of just is what it is. And, and, you know, he'll be ready when he's ready. I think it's a big deal in the sense that we thought he was full go and, you know, going to be on schedule like a normal spring training and be ready by opening day. I think the news that Mark Zuckerman kind of 
broke-ish last, uh, yesterday um, on MassinSports.com is that he's not going to be ready probably by opening day. Then after really bringing him back in, um, it's almost like he was too far ahead of schedule, if that makes any sense. Um, but he's, he's, he's doing well. He, he said he feels fine. They just want him to build up more arm strength in that uh, left arm and, and around that elbow after his procedure last year. Um, I, I think that it's no harm, no foul, really. I mean, it's un- disappointing that Sean is taking a week off from throwing, that he's probably not going to pitch in too many, if any, spring training games um, and maybe not even be all ready for the opening day roster. But if you look on the other side, it's probably okay for him and the Nationals. He's no need to, he even said it himself. There's no need to rush right now. He's a minor, uh, non-roster invitee on a minor league deal. He's not taking up a roster spot right now. Um, and it's actually maybe even easier to manipulate that um, as a non-roster invitee as opposed to if he were on the 40-man roster and then you would have to place him on the IL. He takes up an IL spot. He takes up uh, – you have to bring up somebody else. It's easier for them to say, okay, if you're not ready by the start of the regular season, you know, handshake agreement, you know, accept your outright to AAA roster and start your quote-unquote rehab assignment to start the season. And then once you build up your arm strength, you feel like you're ready to go, we'll bring you back up to the majors. At that point, though, we'll have to make a 40-man roster move. But it makes it kind of easier to start the regular season if he is not already on the 40-man roster and does need to start a AAA than if it were the opposite. Right. I mean, the way Davey Martinez was talking last week, it made it seem like, you know, as long as Sean Doolittle was healthy, he w- he was going to make this roster. Um, and it, you kind of forgot that he was a minor league invitee to camp and one not on the 40-man roster. And I think the good thing about this is that the Nationals, like you said, don't have to make any moves, um, you know, to, to bring somebody up and, and fill that role. Um, he can start the year in AAA and then they can kind of figure it out from there. But I think kind of what this feeds into a bigger picture is that the Nationals are being a little bit cautious this spring training. You saw two players get hit by a pitch yesterday. Uh, they came right out of the game, one of them being Dom Smith. And he said, you know, once he got to first base, he felt like he could have stayed in there. But, you know, Davey Martinez sent the trainer right out. They're not taking any chances on any injuries, especially at this point in spring training. You're right. And um, that's the right call, right? It was a little weird yesterday when we saw Dom Smith be hit by a pitch because, you know, it's hit by the pitch. Luckily, it wasn't his knee. It was right above his knee, he said. It hit him right in the, like, the thigh, the quad area. Not his knee. Could have been a lot worse. But, you know, that happens, especially with young pitchers. It was a young uh, Cardinals pitcher that did it. So, you know, sometimes a little erratic, maybe trying to, the adrenaline's rushing, trying to prove a little too much at one time. Dom didn't take anything from being hit. He knew it wasn't on purpose. But then Wilson Contreras, the Cardinals catcher, kind of got a little jolly, which it turned – we thought at the moment was like, oh, they're just joking around, having fun, um, and not you know doing anything too serious. But then they kind of got in each other's faces a little bit. And Dom, I think, took exception because Contreras said something like, hey, he didn't mean to do it on purpose, take your base. And Dominic Smith was like, well, yeah, but it still hurt. Like, it's still 95 to the leg. Um, you know, let me you know, kind of wince in pain here and take my time. Um, I don't think any, they weren't going to come to blows or anything, but K. Bear Ruiz, who was on deck, and Victor Robles, who was in the dugout, kind of ran out there and, and held Dom back a little bit. Dave Martinez, of course, went out there, walked Dom Smith down the first baseline. Dom said, and even Dave Martinez said afterwards too, you know, you know, if this was a regular season game, he's not coming out of the game. But it's the, what, fourth spring training game. It's at home. You know, they got the whole training staff and locker room and everything in the back. At that point in the game, I think it was like the fourth or fifth inning already. He wasn't going to play that much longer anyways. 
call it a day, go get treatment. And he, I talked to him this morning actually, because he was uh, in the backfields back here at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches taking live VP. And he said he's fine. He said it, you know, it's barely sore. So all things go. Vargas was hit later in the game too. You know, it's just got kind of a spring training. Once the game starts, it's exciting, but you also have to be cautious because a lot of these pitchers aren't completely warmed up, not used to facing live batters that, you know, aren't their teammates. So, you know, they're maybe letting it rip a little more than they would in a live BP, but against their own teammates. Um, it, it happens every spring, as long as no serious injuries. But, you know, you look around the league and even around, you know, the uh, uh, the Grapefruit League right now, some teams local by, a lot of injuries are happening. And that is to be expected for this Nationals. I mean, you and I talked about it. You know, this team is already not that good on paper, right? We know what this is. It's a rebuilding year. It doesn't do many services if the injury bug bites them as well. You know, you can't afford to be also be unlucky uh, and in a season that's also not going to expect not to be that great at the major league level. So a cautious approach as easy as early uh, as early as we are. I think the further along we go in spring training, maybe they start shaking some of those off. And of course, in the regular season, it's, you don't even think about it. Right. And another way they need to be particularly cautious is dealing with their pitchers and ramping their pitchers up. We've seen them be, you know, have a pretty short leash with how how long these pitchers are going into games. We've seen Patrick Corbin throw the most out of all of these starters. He only went an inning and two thirds. We haven't seen any of them go over or pitch to two innings yet. Um, and, you know, typically at the start of spring training, you know, they have a set amount of work they're going to get in. Um, you know, the results on the field, like you saw with Patrick Corbin giving up those two back to back home runs you know that doesn't really matter how long is he going to stay how long he's going to stay in there is how long he's going to stay in there um I think they have a pretty good you know picture already uh but is it is interesting to see you see other teams their starters are going you know at least two innings in their first outings that's not the mm-hmm. case with these nationals no and because you've got so many it's twofold right here right because of the nationals you've got so many young pitchers and young pitchers that are coming off injuries from last year I'm talking of course about Mackenzie Gore and Kate Cavalli both, all things go, you know, it's not quite like Sean Doolittle where he's a, they're veteran guys coming off injuries and you want to slow roll them. These guys had minor injuries. Mackenzie Gores was a little more severe, but it happened earlier last year and he had basically completed his rehab by season's end. Uh, so they're both full go, but, you know, not used to the workload of a full spring training. Remember, these guys barely did full major league camps last year or in their career. This is going to be their first full major league spring training and hopefully, ideally, full regular season in the major leagues so you got to slow them uh kind of prepare them for that long stretch of the, the grind um and there's no reason to rush them patrick corbin on the other hand he is a veteran he's been durable if anything and he hasn't been very good on the mound but the one thing we always give him credit for is that he's durable he's been on the mound every single five days and, and, and pitching for the nationals um and and davy said you know after he was the first player to arrive at camp you know he's been down at west west palm at the facility since january um, so he was basically ready to go for two innings. He was supposed to be the first pitcher to complete two innings. Of course, he gave the backup back-to-back home runs in the first to Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. I guarantee he won't be the only pitcher to do that this year. Um, you know, two of the top three guys from the National League MVP voting from last season. Uh, but still, I mean, kind of same old thing for Patrick Corbin, right? You know, he's supposed to be really hitting down low in the zone with his with this stuff and he's leaving them up middle of the plate and you know guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt are going to smack it over the wall every single time as was evident last year I mean last week I mean yesterday excuse me both of them went straight away dead center I mean they, they were, it was basically batting practice for them and so Patrick Corbin of course cannot do that uh, his pitch count got up a little high I think he threw 22 pitches uh, maybe uh, maybe a little more than that 
and Davey and him decided, you know, that's that's enough, even though he was supposed to go to, I think he only finished one and two thirds. And you brought up Mackenzie Gore and Kate Cavalli, the two young pitchers that are both coming back from injuries. And I think Davey Martinez and the rest of the staff have to be happy with what they've seen out of them so far. I mean, Mackenzie Gore throwing 18, 13 of his 18 pitches for strikes. His slider looked really good. Maybe his velocity wasn't quite where he wanted it to be, um, but he looked really good in that outing, said he felt good. Same thing with Kate Cavalli. He got his first strikeout of the season, or of spring training, rather, um, and said he didn't even think about his shoulder. You know, he felt really good. So I think those are both, um, they're going to be super careful with them throughout spring training as they get them ready for the season, both expected to make the opening day rotation. Um, but you have to be happy with what you've seen so far, at least. I mean, you can't put too much stock into it, um, but, but a good start. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate with the way that the national schedule to start spring training has begun um, and that we haven't seen Kate Cavalli make officially a start yet remember he piggybacked off trevor williams in one of the split squad games on sunday um and that would be that would be his day to pitch it looks like so it's going to be interesting to see and then you had the off day monday you have another off day coming up this coming monday uh it's gonna be interesting to see how davy and the nationals set the rotation that's gonna be one of the storylines i'm gonna try to be following down here over the next couple of days we know mackenzie gore uh is starting thursday we know trevor williams starting friday but that means Kate Cavalli or Josiah Gray, who also started on Sunday in Port St. Lucie against the Mets, will be in line to start Saturday. Which one gets the Saturday assignment? Which one gets the Sunday assignment? It's too early to take too much stock, I think, in, in that order because Davey hasn't announced an opening day starter yet. But once he does, we'll probably have an idea of how he's going to plan out the rotation to start the season. I would be shocked if it is a Mackenzie Gore or Kate Cavalli to start the season, even though by season's end, I'm guessing that they're going to be their top two pitchers in this rotation. Um, I would probably, and fans might not like this, but my guess will be it's going to be Patrick Corbin start opening day because he is already ahead of them in a sense that his arm is built up and that he's pitching more innings to start. And, you know, I don't know if you want to throw Mackenzie Gore or Kate Cavalli on opening day with all that pressure against the Atlanta Braves. Give him a couple of extra days rest. Um, and we saw last year, uh, Amy, that Davey, like, spaced out Josiah Gray starts in the end of the season, you know, giving him an extra day's rest whenever he could. It seems like that's going to be the case already because of the off day, because of the split squads. I'm interested to see how Davey's going to, after next Monday, the Nationals don't have another off day until they leave camp. So um, I'm guessing that he's trying to give Cavalli and Gray specifically extra rest in between these first two starts because they're not going to get it after Monday. Right. And yeah, it's way too early to predict, you know, how the schedule is going to work out and who exactly lines up for opening day because there's some wiggle room um, there. But we talked about it last week and Davey Martinez kind of threw us a curveball, if you will, in that Kate Cavalli is really competing for a spot in this opening day rotation. I think, you know, wh whether that's really true or not, uh, we'll see. But I think everybody kind of expected, you know, Kate Cavalli wasn't a given. They're not going to give him the ball on opening day, given that he's only made one major league start. Um, but he was kind of a, a given in this rotation. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how he progresses throughout the spring. And, you know, if Davey Martinez changes his tune sooner rather than later. Yeah, we touched on that a little bit last week. Um, about that comment because it, it was kind of, you know, kind of make you pa take pause for a second because of what I thought he was like, you're sure it's thing number two or three starter in this rotation. But again, I think it was more so, you know, you don't want to give Cade any reason to not to like take it easy. All right. You know, you want him full go the entire camp. You want him 
competing, whether it's in the backfield in a live VP, in a bullpen session, or in a game situation against an, an actual opponent. Um, so you don't want him taking it easy. You don't want him relaxing and just being like, I, I've got this in the bag. I can kind of sl- slow my roll here. Not that Cade would ever do that because I don't think that's his character. I don't think he's the type of pitcher, performer, athlete uh, to do that. But, you know, you just don't want to give him like a, I don't know if false confidence is the right word, but along those lines, you know, a false sense of confidence, make him earn it. Uh, I, I think he will. It'll be very fun to see him pitch live again after, you know, his short debut and only major league debut, uh, major league start last year. Um, and then once he gets rolling, you know, starts starts building innings too. Not just going the one inning he did in relief on Sunday, but like going two, three, four innings. I think the Nationals want these guys pitching above ninety pitches before opening day. So, and they've only got not everyone's made a start. So, you know, uh, Corey Abbott's making the long trip today to Tampa Bay, um, and then it starts all over again tomorrow with Mackenzie Gore. These guys only make like six starts in spring training, so they only got five more to go each each way. So. I would expect Mackenzie Gore to go multiple innings tomorrow and then everyone else the rest of the week. And then you're going to see some guys start pitching into the middle of the games and maybe even deeper uh, as we move along here. Yeah, it's, it's really too early to put too much into the results. But I think Davey Martinez also has to be happy with, you know, his big message was Mark Zuckerman wrote this about this on MassInSports.com is that they have to throw strikes and they have to keep the walks down. They allowed the fifth issued the fifth most walks in the major leagues last year. They haven't done that in their, you know, few amount of spring training games so far. No walks in their first game. I think just one in their second game. Um, so that's going to be important. And I think they're happy. I mean, across the board with most of these pitchers in that you know, they're throwing strikes so far. Um, And I think the last, you know, area that the Nationals were seeing them be more cautious is in Carter Keboom coming back from Tommy John Mm -hmm. surgery, um, not throwing sidearm from third base yet. Have you seen him get any work at third base, Bobby? Yeah, I have. Twice now, back-to-back days. Uh, You know, the way that, for those who don't know, the way like spring training works, you know, these guys are still reporting early in the morning, even though it's a one o'clock game, spring training game. So, you know, they have practice or if they're at home though, or playing the Astros, they take batting practice in the backfield. So they have practice starting at 930 to about 11 o'clock every morning. And then depending on where the game is, they might cut it short or guys who are playing in the game might have to leave, whatever. But yesterday, you know, it's routine. You know, they did pop fly, pop fly drills, uh, fly balls, drills, excuse me, in the outfield. And then the infield guys were taking grounders, practicing turning double plays. It was funny at one point uh, they were practicing turning double plays and Carter taking part in this, by the way, and throwing. And they, you know, they're doing situational stuff. And Gary DeSarcina yells out, all right, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, two outs, Trey Turner on deck. You know, so they're kind of emphasizing, or at bat, trying to emphasize, you know, be quick with the ball uh, and and turning the play. And they were able to do it. They look a lot cleaner defensively. But for Carter, he was throwing yesterday. Same drill today, not throwing. So it, it seems like he's kind of on a, a pitcher's plan coming back from Tommy John throwing the ball every other day. Um, he, he he did all the grounders, right? And he would, you know, pull his arm back, but he never released it or come forward with it. So yesterday he was, today he wasn't. I think they're trying to do like an every other day type of thing of him throwing the ball so he's not putting too much strain on that elbow, on his right elbow, which he had Tommy John on. Um, but yeah, he is taking part in, um, in, in ground ball drills. Uh, he is throwing. He's still not doing sidearm, like you said. The, the one... Uh, drill yesterday where he's throwing to first base 
But it's interesting when he throws the second, you know, everyone else, like Jamie Candelario, Jake Alou, um, Vargas, whoever's over there taking third base, kind of, you know, grounds the ball and does a sidearm throw over to second. Carter has to feel the ball, kind of turn his whole body and then throw overhand again. He's still not doing sidearm. But no throws today. He's still taking BP, but they're being very cautious with that elbow because, again, it kind of like Doolittle. He's not as old as Doolittle, but the same thing. There's no really need to rush. They had contingency plans for third base. He wasn't supposed to be the third baseman to start anyways. Looks like Candelario is going to be that guy. You got Vargas back him up. Jake Alou has been, um, you know, a bright spot in this Nationals farm system. So there's no real need to rush Carter Keepham. He's taking the slow role to spring training as well. So the Nationals being slow with their players coming back from injuries, especially with their young arms coming back from injuries. And one thing I th- I'm interested in to see if how much the pitch clock plays into that. And are we going to see pitchers get injured from the pitch clock or at least while they're adjusting to the pitch clock? And I kind of wonder if that has anything to do with it. As these pitchers are adjusting, um, you know, you kind of see the younger guys adapting well. Mackenzie Gore didn't have any infractions with the pitch clock, um, but you're seeing it with some of the more veteran guys like Colome. Um, so I wonder if they're thinking about that, you know, as they adjust them, keep their innings down. Um, Cause it, it's quick to turn around and, and throw that ball again. Yeah. We saw yesterday, uh, Colome had a second um, pitch clock violation in as many outings yesterday. He came very close to having more than that too. Yeah. I, I, it takes some adjustment, right? And I think a lot of the younger guys, like you said, are already kind of used to it because those who pitch in the minor leagues last year had a full season of it and they're kind of used to getting in there um, and, and, you know, just getting started pitching, right? You get the ball, you get the sign, and you throw the ball. Uh, but, yeah, Colome, I think Willie Peralta has already had a violation as well. It, it's it's difficult because you go your whole career, you have your routine on the mound, you get the ball, you kick the dirt, you Rossin bag, you know, you get set, you get the sign, you come to your set, and then you throw, Peralta, I mean, and sometimes he wasn't even getting the signs. Well, there's less than 10 seconds left on the clock, and it's like it's, it's going to be a violation, violation, violation. So uh, it is interesting. You're, you mentioned them not throwing any balls or and not walking guys, which is a good sign. Um, they're throwing a lot of strikes, which is also great, but I think it's because they're kind of maybe not rushed, but they know they have, a, have to have a faster pace to them. Patrick Corbin, after his outing, said he loves it. He really likes the pitch clock because you kind of just go up there and you start pitching. You don't have to think about it too much. Um, and he likes the fast-paced game. All of the guys have been really happy with how short these games are. You know, two and a half hours. I think the Nationals' first spring training game actually was like two and two hours and seven minutes. That might be too fast. But <laughs> they're all they're all liking it in the fast-paced game. It's going to take some time to get used to. Well, I'll be interested to see how – lenient if there's any more leniency once regular season starts um because those games actually count these games don't really matter and it's obviously an adjustment period for these guys uh but that is the one big adjustment for these pitchers uh i'll be interested to see i'm hoping to talk to some of these guys in the next couple of days and have a story up on massesports.com on how because it's one thing to do it in the backfield right in a live bp but to do it in an actual game situation against an actual opponent, maybe with somebody on base, it's got to be completely different. So I'm curious to see what other guys in the clubhouse feel about it. But I know Patrick Corbin really likes it. Um, and maybe <laughs> Willie Peralta and uh, Alex Colomay, not so much. Right. And you kind of saw it with the more veteran hitters on the other side, like Yadiel Hernandez and players like that, where, you know, they're yeah. a little bit slower because some of these these guys that, that are, you know, new or still prospects, they've been used to it because they, they it was used in the minor leagues. Um, and they've kind of already had the time to adjust. I know it said it took 
like about four weeks for, for a lot of players to adjust and those pitch clock violations to go down. Um, but you see it with some of these older players, they've never experienced it. So this is their first go around with it. Well, there's also a lot of, there's also a lot of different smaller things that it affects the whole game. And I think for me, I'll admit, but I think everyone kind of just thinks, Oh, it only affects the pitcher. Because uh, they're the one that ruts, but it really affects the whole game in, in ways you wouldn't think about before. Kind of casually off the side, uh, talk chatting with uh, Riley Adams yesterday uh, with a group of us media members, and you know they're all kind of like we're joking that he, he thinks he is the slowest catcher. Uh, we have to look up the statistics of the the sabermetrics or the stat cast on this, but he thinks he's the slowest catcher when it comes to taking off his gear in the major leagues. And so, like, the idea is that, well, you know, what if, you, you know, if he's a catcher and the play is to, you know, the ball's hit to third base and he's running up the first base sideline, backing up the throw, and the Nationals are on the third base dugout, and that's the third out, and Riley Adams is the next batter up, he's got to, like, sprint back to the dugout, get all his stuff on, get all his batting gear on, and then get up to the box and hit. And he's, like, at that point, like, I'm, I'm like exhausted. I'm winded. What do I do here? So it's not just the pitchers, it's catchers, it's base runners, it's batters, it's everything fielders. It, it, it's it's going to take getting used to from everybody, not just the pitchers, because it does affect the entire game. It's only a couple of seconds, right? But it, it makes a big impact. And that's why thankfully they, they play by these rules through their spring training games. So by the time opening day comes, they're a little bit more used to it because I can see Davey Martinez right now, it being like a, a Red Sox situation and it costs them the game. And I can yeah. picture him going absolutely <laughs> ballistic. Um, so hopefully the Nationals don't run into that trouble, but it's going to be interesting to see how they make those adjustments over the next few weeks. Um, I, another note I know that you wrote down, Bobby, that you've noticed just in your two days down there is just how much the defense has improved and how you're seeing um, Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams make strides in the middle infield. Yeah, it, it's not just them, but it, those are the two big names, right? Like everyone's focused on these two young infielders and how they're going to work together as the shortstop and the second baseman. I, I, they already look. I know it's spring training drills. I know it's early. It's no. I haven't personally seen them in the game situation right now. If you're watching the game today or Wednesday afternoon, they're starting against the Yankees in Tampa, uh, so you can watch them a little bit there. But they look just way more in sync a lot more smooth out there. Um, the turning double play drill I mentioned earlier, they had it pretty much locked down. I don't think a single ball or double play wasn't turned. I don't think a ball you know, was dropped or anything like that. They look clean. CJ Abrams is flashing some serious leather and athleticism over at shortstop. I think he's going to take a huge jump this year defensively. I, I think that we kind of expected that, right? bigger questions about his offense and, the, and his bat but defensively i think he's going to be impressed and davies always said you know as long as he makes the routine plays we want to see him make routine plays we know his athleticism will come and he'll be able to make some spectacular plays but you know don't take a play off and you know bobble a routine ball i don't think you're going to see that what's really surprising outside of those two dominic smith huge upgrade at first base Jamer Candelario, way more smooth at third base than I think anyone would have expected. He, they are both similar builds. Like Jamer's, Jamer is a, uh, a a switch hitter, and Dominic's left-handed. So if like today I was watching him do that live BP, if if Jamer's sitting left-handed and and you're sitting like on the first base dugout, you can't tell which one's which. They had the same body shop, body shape, 
big guys, but they move pretty quickly out there. Dominic Smith might be the best defensive first baseman the Nationals have had in a long time. He made a barehanded play yesterday coming on a, on a bunting drill, coming up the baseline and throwing like almost underhand, but sidearm to third base for the out that I don't think I've seen a Nationals first baseman make in a long time. And Davey made it a point to say it's because he's left-handed. He loves a left-handed first baseman for that exact reason. It's easier to make throws that way across the diamond as a lefty than it is a righty. And of course, Zimmerman, uh, I know Josh Bell is a switch hitter, but he threw right-handed. A lot of these old previous, um, uh, Luke Voigt, a lot of previous first basemen were right-handed throwers. And Dominic Smith is a left-handed thrower. So I think that's going to be a big difference out there. And Candelario has made some really nice backhanded plays. And he, he's a lot quicker at third than you would expect for his body size. Improved defense is going to be huge for the Nationals this year. Like Davey Martinez said, the same way it can cost you games, it can win you games as well. So that'll be sort, certainly important, especially in the infield, especially with those new additions. And over the next few weeks, we're going to see how all of those guys shake out in the order. Uh, we're not sure what the opening day lineup is going to look like. Um, but you're kind of like today you're seeing C.J. Abrams hit leadoff. And you mentioned he's a glove first shortstop, um, but he has to make significant improvements at the plate, especially if if he wants to hit leadoff. And I think you're seeing that in just these first few spring training games, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Davey was asked yesterday about the top of his order because, of course, early on in spring training, you know, you want to get, one, your veteran guys like a Corey Dickerson, like a Jamer Candelaria, Dominic Smith, they're at bats. But you also want to see what young guys like CJ, like Luis, um, like Joey Manassas, how they look at the top of the order. The top of the order is going to be interesting. Um, kind of tying back into our com- just conversation about defense, I don't think we've seen CJ and Louis play with J-Mare and Dominic Smith just yet defensively. That's going to be the projected opening day infield, right? We haven't seen the four of them. Now, of course, they kind of have to be split up because you have to play a certain amount of major leaguers in every single spring training game to keep the competitive level up. Um, but once they start getting into games and playing every day and playing deeper into games, those are going to be the four that's going to be your infield. But then how do you kind of put them in order in the batting lineup, uh, adding Joey Manessas probably as your DH, adding Corey Dickerson, who uh, Danny Martinez mentioned kind of offhandedly that he likes him up at the top of the order, as maybe number two hitter. Talked to Corey today. Going to have a story about him on MassinSports.com Thursday morning. Um, but right now, you know, the way that they have it split up, that allows DJ and Louie to bat higher in the order, get their at-bats, get their work in, and get out of there. But it's going to be a tough call to see how Davey lines this up um, later in spring training and, of course, opening day with these young guys. If they can prove that they can hit, make contact, and get on base, you obviously want them lining up perhaps your more powerful hitters like Dominic Smith Candelario, who can probably hit a lot of doubles, and Joey Manessis if he returns to form like he did at the end of last season. Um, but the other positive thing is you got a lot of guys that switch hit. You've got a good mixture of righties and lefties. Matchup shouldn't be a problem for Davey Martinez because he can kind of go right, left, right, left, right, left with all the switch hitters they have. Yeah, Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams, both those young hitters, both that need to significantly improve their plate discipline, um, especially with C.J. Abrams lowering that chase rate. It was at 41.2% last year, and the league average was 28.4%. He walked just five times, so 
if he's going to hit leadoff, he has to get on base. Now, you know when he gets on base, Davey Martinez talks about his speed. Uh, bigger bases this year could lead to more stolen bases for C.J. Abrams, but you have to get on base. I mean, the eight for his first 50 and his first 14 games with the Nationals isn't going to cut it. Now, you he ended up hitting over 300 and did much better over the last two months of the season. He just has to carry that into this season. Um, he worked with his dad a lot over, over the winter, and they said, you know, that really helped. He put on a little bit of weight, which I think is going to help him both at the plate and defensively. Um, but that's a player that the Nationals really need to see step up over the over the next few weeks, along with Luis Garcia and the new additions in the infield. Sure, and I haven't seen what CJ's done. I'm, I have a game on in the background right now as I'm as we're recording. Uh, but I haven't seen what he's done at the plate so far. And uh, I guess his first at bat, but he's already got two hits this spring. One has been a double. He's already stolen a base. So. I mean, that is right there. It's a small sample size, right? I mean, he's two for six before today's game. Um, but, you know, you get on base and you or have an extra base hit and you swipe a bag. I mean, that is the perfect formula for the Nationals. If C.J. Abrams can do that uh, over a consistent basis across the year, keep that chase rate down. David Martinez has already mentioned that a couple of times already. They're working on him, um, not chasing so many balls, even, even high up. He, he likes the balls. Well, he likes swinging at uh, pitches that are high in the zone, and they're trying to keep him more middle of the zone, uh, maybe even further down to get the ball up in the air. So if, if he continues to do that, that's going to be a good sign. But, yeah, early dividends, I know, again, it's only been three games and an inning or two innings uh, to start spring training, but two hits, a double, and a stolen base. That's a pretty good start for C.J. Abrams. It'll be interesting to see what Davey Martinez does with this lineup over you know the next few weeks see if he can you know put together an opening day lineup what we see on opening day is probably not going to be see what we see long term but you know who knows Um, but the Nationals definitely have to put up more runs this year and they have to figure out a formula for that is there anybody else Bobby that you've you've seen in in your time down there that's impressed or you think has a chance that was in the competition to make this opening day roster that has a better chance now than you know a, a week ago it's still early, of course. Um, I I think we should talk more about Jake Galou. Maybe we don't have enough time today, but he and again, it's still so early. But Jake Galou, two hits already as well. He's continued to hit. David Martinez has been really impressed. I mean, he talks a lot about him, and I think especially with the injury to Carter Keyboom, I think Jake Galou is going to be firmly in this competition competition to be the backup infielder on this bench. He might not get it, and that's okay, right? I mean, he only just kind of rose through the ranks last year um, and hitting really well at AAA. Uh, but, you know, you got to beat out a veteran like Vargas. That's going to be tough. You know, you've got to uh, have to have a backup catcher. They need a backup outfielder as well. Bench spots are limited. I understand that. But he's going to be in this competition, I think. He's going to get his at-bats. He's going to play more. Where he lands defensively might be a question mark, but the guy produces at the plate. He has a quiet kind of um, – aura about him he just goes about his business he's not too flashy or aggressive at the plate he he's very good at slicing which pitch he wants to hit and he's been hitting them um so jake lou i think is someone that we should talk more about in future podcasts this spring training and and seeing how this competition developed because he he's definitely in it right now it's maybe more of a question how much longer he stays in it (laughs) and if or when he you know wins it i mean i i think i think the betting odds are probably that he doesn't but the fact that he's still in it and, 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 and you know, catching Davey Martinez's eye is a good start for him. 
Yeah, and regardless, it's good experience for Jake Alou. The competition is always good. Mike Rizzo talks about it. Uh, healthy competition in, in spring training, especially when you have an actual shot, is exciting. And then, of course, those guys at the back end of the bullpen, um, there's some some open spots possibly. Some guys that might be able to make it um, have better chances. It's so hard to tell because they've all only thrown an inning so far. So, you know, how how that competition shapes out will be interesting as well. Uh, Bobby, anything else we need to talk about before we let you go get in the sunshine uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it, it is sunshine here but i mean i'm kind of since the game is on tv i feel like i should stay and watch the game until it's over um you know i i, I will note I, the one thing that i i have noted um that I, you know they, we don't have to talk about it right now but like uh, it's impressive how big the young kids are if you're watching today's game on wednesday you know james wood when is the first top prospect to like go and probably get action in a major league spring training game. He's listed as the first backup center fielder for today's game. So he should get some action today against the Yankees, which is crazy. You know, he's going to be playing against the Yankees. Um, but, you know, you see guys like Christian Vaquero and Elijah Green in person who, you know, you and I saw in person after the draft last year and we were already like pretty in awe how big he is. And he's gotten bigger. Um, he still obtains that speed. Christian Vaquero, we have had never had eyes on him, right? We've seen blurry pictures and video from him in the Dominican. And this kid is like the same size, if not bigger than Elijah Green. And he's what, 18, 19 years old? I mean, he is a specimen. And it's going to be very interesting to see um, if they play him in any spring training games um, or it, it, probably not. He's so early, but we saw younger guys um you know pinch running yesterday so maybe kind of an opportunity like that uh i I, i'm just kind of in awe how big these kids are there's a reason the nationals are so high on these kids size being one of them and they live up to it we don't you know get to see a whole lot of them and you know you hear mike rizzo say they have this big group of you know really great prospects but you don't actually get to see them in person. So it's a whole different ball game, you know, when you're down there and you're seeing them, you know, up against these, some of these major league pitchers too. Yeah. And you know, I, we're talking to Johnny DePuglia yesterday and director of the nationals, international scouting, um, you know, some of their international guys, but even like with the younger guys, like Wood, Green, Hassel, um, you know, there's, he's like, you got to get them in, in game situations, you know, like having them, they've all arrived for early minor league camp, technically minor league camp. I don't think starts until next week. I think pitchers and catchers for the minor league report next week. Um, and then position players a little couple days later, but the guys that are the, the big names that are already here for early camp, you know, they, they want to see them in game action. It's kind of like, well, why not? I mean, you know, they're not going to be up here for a couple of years. At least they're not going to be here this year. Give them a taste these games don't matter um, and see what they've got. And uh, I think it's a good opportunity for them to kind of grow, maybe speed up their development. And it's not going to set them back anyway, I don't think. Um, so uh, getting them in game situations, I wonder how they're going to do that. But like you said, I mean, even especially with pitchers, I haven't talked about a lot of young pitchers yet, but there's only so many innings, so many at bats to go around and you got to get the regular guys up to speed in time for opening day. So these first couple of weeks are going to be the weeks those guys do appear, if at all. Uh, but seeing that and the minor league games, inter squad games start in a couple of weeks, but seeing them in live game action is going to be interesting and fun. 
Right. It's good to get those top prospects reps. You have to get your opening day roster ready. Uh, but to get to see those guys early on is super exciting. Well, Bobby, enjoy the rest of your time. Uh, make sure everybody follows along with his coverage at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter and on MassInSports.com. And enjoy the rest of your time. Thanks for hopping on, Bobby. Thanks, Amy. See you when I get back. That's going to be it for this week's episode. You can tune in live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. And, of course, follow us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. That's going to be it. Follow along. Go watch the Nationals if you're on your lunch break. And we'll catch you next week.